Hello and welcome to Open All Hours, the QPR podcast. I'm David Fraser. We are back after an international break, two-week break, which seemed like ages. Um, there's only three of us here tonight. Good news, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Good news. Finney's not here. No, a bit unkind, a bit unkind. Finney's not here, but we will be hearing from him. More of that later. Um, here with Chris Charles. Hello. Be, been been uh, with us throughout our seven years. With seven years? Are we? Like that. Something like that. Do an itch. Uh, and make, but making his first appearance, and our very special guest, and we're very pleased to have him, is actor and QPR fan, Paul Bullion. Hello. Hi, Paul. Good to have Hi, you. Hi, Paul. Thanks for having me on. Um, right. Before we start everything, just let me do what I usually do at the start of the podcast, which is remind you how you can keep in touch with us. You can follow us on Twitter at QPR Pod. Uh, you can uh, uh, click on us on Facebook. I was searching for the words. Look for the new QPR podcast, even though we're not new anymore. And you can listen to all our old episodes at qprpod.co.uk. Thank you very much to Martin Beatty, who has bought the beers tonight. We have a, a selection here that you gentlemen can see of ciders in Finney's honour because he didn't quite make it, but we, we might make our way through them and various others. If anyone else wants to buy us a beer, please do because it all helps towards our running costs and you can do that on our website. Right, that's enough for now. Um, as I said, we don't have Finney here mm-hmm. because he couldn't make it. Thanks to a plumber, thanks to a... Uh, a flood, wasn't floods, it? Yeah. a train. And we've got loads to get through and we want to hear, uh, uh, we've got loads to ask Paul about, but we should probably start where we usually start, mm-hmm. which is on uh, the review of the last game. Um, now, Finney was there, so through the magic of telephony, which isn't that magic, it's been around, what, 100 years or something like that? Yeah, Here he is now. Hi, Paul. It's quiet without you here. Uh, I know you're missing me, really. So, um, shame you couldn't make it. It is. Yeah, got wrenching for you. Um, we've got two ciders here for you, and you got a real easy draw in the World Cup today as well, which we could have spoken to you about. Listen, big man, we, we, we got beat by Luxembourg three or four years ago, so there's nothing for granted. And the, by the way, the prices to flip in Switzerland are horrendous. This is this, before the draw, <laughs> after the draw, 300 quid. It is scandalous. So, if there's any airline pilots that aren't busy on Sunday the 12th and Monday the 13th, if the fancy gives us a lift, I'll gladly plug them on the podcast. Can you get Collins, your mate at Collins Motors to give you a lift over there? That could do. Let's, hey, let's not be giving free plugs away, Chris. No. no. <laughs> uh, uh, Paul, you went yeah. on Saturday. Tell us about Saturday. Well, it was all, it's one of them things, isn't it? It's a lovely trip. I went with some fellows, they were nice guys, and we all went up there, and it was all good spirits, and then the football kind of ruins it a bit. But if I'm being <laughs> honest, we played we, 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 we played reasonably well. We didn't take our chances. We should have had a penalty. Um, Ian Holloway said that they had a lucky shot and they brought them back into the game. But to be fair, Sunderland were a bit like a a punch-drunk boxer, they, they just couldn't... They, they were there They were there for the taking, and they just couldn't connect. I mean, one stage, they took a free kick between 10 yards of each other, and the ball went out for throw-in. They are absolutely abysmal. Um, 
And I guess we haven't won away since February, and they haven't won at home for ten months. That so was always going to be a draw, I guess. I having re- I wasn't there, and having read all the reports, I get a real mixed. It's a real mixed bag. I can't quite work out if we were good, and it was kind of a satisfactory performance and point, and we would have dropped these points a few months ago. Or whether Sunderland are kind of a terrible team on a terrible run and really we should have done a lot better. Well, listen, we said at the start of the season, didn't we, no matter who you play or what position they're in, anything away from home's a bonus. And that's how we've got to treat this season and just get our home matches. The problem will be if we don't pick up anything at home and we start losing away. Or sorry, don't pick up much at home and still not pick up anything away from home, then we could be in a bit of a situation. But... You know, you got to take what you can. But yeah, Sutherland is second for bottom. They were pretty dismal. Um, our midfield is still superb. It's just up front. I mean, Silla actually played well. He held the ball up well. He won all the headers. But it was a game that was crying out, surprisingly, for Matt Smith, because we were killing him in the air. And yet we didn't play him. He missed an absolute and... sitter, didn't he? Silla. He did, but then, you know, all strikers do, and you've got to get around that. I mean,. I mean, you talk about sitters, that their, their player was practically in the goal line. He put it past the post for one of their shots. That, it was terrible from 10 yards and deadly from 30 yards, that wee bugger. Um, but it's just one of them, listen, Dave, it's one of them things, you know. Sometimes, do you know, do you know what I said the other week? I think we are sometimes down talking who we are. I'm looking at that table, I'm looking at Sheffield United, and I'm thinking, you know, we could do this. Maybe we're just down talking ourselves too much, and we just need to have a bit more, be a bit more positive about ourselves. Because. You know, Washington came on, again, he took the ball down well, he did a few nice things, but his confidence is going to pot now. I don't know what's going to happen there. I think that's true about and being positive, definitely. What was what was the atmosphere like? Uh, sorry to butt in there. What was the atmosphere, atmosphere like at um, Stadium of Light? It seemed dead uh, from what I saw on, on the highlights. The, the, I was There was people complaining about the noise from the local graveyard. <laughs> <laughs> We sounded loud when Silla scored. We sounded loud for what was it, 600, 700 yeah, yeah. fans? 650. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the, the atmosphere. I mean, the Rangers fans were superb as usual, but you expect that. And, you know, our support away from home is probably the best I've seen this season away from home, support wise. They just, I mean, to think they were in the Premiership last season and they were just on their knees. I mean, they just like, like a club that's had the lifeblood sucked out of them and just want to get sold as soon as possible. And, um, they're the right old mess. I mean, you know, I'd rather they were the mess and we got the three points and come back one point. But yeah, it's it, do you know what the thing is, Paul? The worry of that is, is you know where everyone talks about these new grounds and 30,000 mm. and 30,000? Sunderland's a prime example of if you don't stay in the Premier League, what that turns into, and it's horrible. Yeah, well, I call them sleeper fans, and uh, yeah, it, do, it does uh, it does wind me up about fans that kind of abandon their club when they're not in the top tier. When they need them the most, and uh, I think I think that's a prime example, and it's a, it's a real shame because, you know, you're only as big as uh, as your fan base really. It doesn't matter how big your stadium is if you can't fill it, then it's uh, it's a complete waste. Yeah, exactly. And, and to be fair, it, it, it's a worry that when you don't like Loftus Road is buzzing. Let's face it, we can have a Loftus Road three quarters full and we can make a buzz. Yeah, and these. Big grounds, you know, it, it does. You're right. Once you drop out of the Premier League, your support goes to pot. You don't win for a while. It's 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 ten times as hard. And the fans were on their back in the first minute as well. I mean, people moan about our fans, but from the, they were practically booing from the goal kick. Mm. Mm. You know, but you know, it's but yeah, we were, the fans were good away. I mean, Bolton's been massive on Saturday, and you know they've got that win now, which I suppose is a QPR fan would place because 
like Saturday, you're fearing that they haven't won for 10 months, here we come, and we, we should be a registered charity. <laughs> but do you not think that is exactly what would have happened to the old QPR at Sunderland on Saturday? They were desperate for a win. They hadn't won in a little while. We would have the old QPR would have rolled over for mm-hmm. them and given them their first win in a little bit, and and, and we didn't. No, yeah, let's we not did, forget. Yeah, we, we didn't. And, and and that's the main thing, you know. Bolton's going to be a big test Saturday because they, they could be a different side now. They've got a home win, and we're going to need to be on our game. But we just need to start picking up a wee bit more away from home. But. I'll be honest with you, the next two home games scare me a little bit. Wolves and Sheffield United, you know, if we, mm. if we don't get anything Bolton and we don't get anything them two, then, you know, the f- people are going to say the board are turning, the fans are turning, and we're back into a situation where everyone's sort of looking at each other, not knowing what's going on. We need some positivity out of the club. We need to do something, and the board need to stick by the match. We need, or, a, or we need a win. Yeah. Well, you we said, you, you said um, well, David said, Silla missed that chance, but at least he's getting in the right areas to knock him, away, knock him in. And I, as I said last week, I think I think it's a good thing that he's going to get a run of games start starting lineup. I guess it's just who's alongside him. There's a lot of people saying Washington should have started alongside him instead of Mackey. Some people like yourself saying Smith should have been. Were the people on. who said Washington should start called Paul Finney? <laughs> <laughs> um, Listen, if you get if you get me tickets for Bleak in Switzerland, you can start every. No, not really. Uh, <laughs> uh, Finn, we're going to cut you off in a minute. So, what else do you want to talk about? No, no, I'm just, I'm just wondering what you guys think about all this managerial shenanigans that's going on in the papers. I mean, I know it's the paper that no one should take any notice of, but what did you think, Chris? What do I think? Well, yeah, I mean, well, Tony Fernandez came out with that tweet, didn't he, and, and basically rubbished the whole thing. Um, but interesting that... Which usually means, usually in football, it means it's true. Yeah. Well, that, I mean, yeah. I think he did something similar with Jimmy Floyd, and, and, and look how that ended. But yeah. I think he does generally does like Ollie, and I... From my, my point of view, I know, I mean, somebody put on, on Twitter about um, games given, Hughes got 32, Ramsey 30, Hasselbank 38, Holloway's already got 45. But I think the difference is that under Hasselbank, we were sort of um, half falling asleep in the stands because the football was so dire. But at least, I mean, we've got, like you said earlier, we've got, we've got a bit more spirit about us. We're not giving up on games. We're playing some half-decent football at times. And there's some green shoots coming through. If you look at the under-23s, mm-hmm. they're mm-hmm. going great guns at the moment. So... I think there's a lot to be positive about and I wouldn't be worried just yet but as you said if that horrific scenario comes to, to, to boot when we lose to Bolton and then don't get anything out of Sheffield United and Wolves then and then sorry to repeat myself from two weeks ago but we then have Nottingham Forest away yeah. on November the 4th <laughs> which is the day we fired the last two managers <laughs> it would really? be madness I, mean, I think November the 4th and November the 5th I was going to jump in and say it would be madness if we got rid of uh, Holloway you can't, I, I think you can't keep just getting rid of managers uh, and expect um, things to, to just change I think we need to stick with uh, Holloway for um, for the rest of the season and uh, and see what happens. Will of... you be saying that, though, if we lose to Bolton, lose to Wolves, lose to Sheffield United, lose to Nottingham I don't Forest? think we will. I don't think we will. I think from those from those games, we'll get at least six points. Wow. Okay. The danger, the, the, the danger is, as, as Chris quite rightly pointed out, on our squad on the, on the programme is huge. And you keep sacking managers, what you get is somebody else's squad every time. And you get more players you can get rid of. And then some more players you can't get rid of. You know what I mean? So it's, we've got to stop this um, manager, manager change because it's not working and we're just getting bigger squads, in my opinion. But Absolutely. it's where the board will, 
as well the board will have the guts to take by in should he go on a dodgy roll and lose six again in the spin and then not get out of it that would mm. be the telly to decide and we've got no power over that because it's the, but one thing is, is positive is young Smith uh, you know do seem like good, potentially good signings for the club I'm just wondering whether we should give them and, the, and that wee fella at Wickham and what a goal he scored for crying out loud yeah, uh, yeah. Well, he scored two decent goals in that game, and yeah, Paul Smith. He apparently ran the show in the second half. It was a bizarre game at Charlton, three 0 down. Came back and won five four. Shadipa got a hat trick, and despite the fact he got a hat trick, everyone who was there said it was Smith who was the man of the match, which is quite telling. So perhaps those green shoots are the Chris. We've just got to be a bit more hopeful. I, I think so. And um, I mean, the thing is, we have blooded a few of the, the younger guys, and they seem to have done all right. And maybe I know Shadipo's been injured, but maybe it's time to get him involved back in the squad again. Um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm not too disconsolate yet, but like you say, ask me in, on November the fifth. Uh, I might have a different view. Now, Paul. November the fifth of November. <laughs> now, Paul. We, um, as everybody knows. Um, we finish off the show with the R's end, um, and you, fi- <laughs> otherwise known as bedtime hour, when we hand over right. to you. <laughs> and we're not going to have you here tonight for that. So, is there anything you would like to say? Anything at all? Um, right, pop, pop the kettle on. <laughs> no, no, no. To be, to be honest, I, I, I'm kind of. I'm I'm lost for words. I don't know. That'll do. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just pleased the away support was so good on Saturday. I'm pleased God everyone will get down to Boulder next Saturday and make it a wee bit noisy and get back to the lads because it's going to be a hard old month for us. And um, I won't be next week. There's no one's end or no me because I'll be in midway to my daughter's 16th birthday. Happy birthday, Lily. Are you going to watch a game? Well, it's just, just, it was either, she wanted a party with, with wrecked the bloody house, so it was cheaper to take it to Madrid and keep the house. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's cheers, funny, cheers, Paul. No, sorry no, you couldn't make it. I bet you. I'm sorry I didn't meet you all, Paul, but... No worries, man. We'll go for a pint. And uh, see you guys later. All, all right. Take care, cheers, man. Paul. Bye-bye. Bye. Have a good one. See you, mate. Bye. We're almost giving him guest status, aren't we? Not sure how I feel about that. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Anyway, okay, Paul. Hello. Hello. Um, right, so what is a nice actor like you doing supporting QPR? Um, some people would call it child abuse. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I, from a very young age, I think one of the first photographs that my parents have of me is uh, in a blue and white striped baby grow. And uh, my dad would not have had it any other way. Um, so was it a coincidence or it was like the reference was QPR? Because oh, no, I imagine the, in those days they probably didn't have weren't that forward thinking in terms of merchandise. No, yeah, I think say. I think I think my dad my dad found a blue and white striped one and was like, okay, that's close enough to, yeah. to QPR. And uh, so the, you grew up where? Um, I grew up in uh, Milton Keynes. Um, my dad moved there when his factory he was working for um, Mercedes Benz in Hayes. Um, and his warehouse moved to Milton Keynes like so many did. And uh, I was born there. And I moved back to West London, actually, to Acton when I went to um, to drama school in Chiswick. Couldn't afford to live in Chiswick, so I lived in Acton instead. Uh, and I used to go and walk to the midweek games. And I think at the time, so I was a student in 2007, I used to be able to pick up a student ticket for a tenner. Okay. So, yeah, I used, to go, I used to go and do that quite a lot. So 2007, we would have been Championship. 
championship. Yeah, yeah. Championship was um, was well, was most of my childhood really, <laughs> or uh, yeah, Division One, Nationwide Division One, all that. Um, but yeah, like you know, you can see I'm wearing the JD Sports uh, kit, which is what I call my my QPR Romance kit. It's yeah. when I was fourteen, fifteen, and you know, you're talking about your, your furlongs and your your, your gallons. Yeah, so, yeah, um, yeah. That that was for me, you know, where where you're you know, f- fully in love with your with your your squad and your your club, and uh, so yeah, this is my, my my special top. So that was early two thousands. Were you you at Cardiff? Um, final. I wasn't at the player final. My cousins and my uncles were. I think I was uh, in rehearsals for uh, for a local production of West Side Story. <laughs> 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 um, yeah. So, uh, but I, I I remember running home and catching the second half and crying when Campbell in his oversized top, mm. um, <laughs> as was the fashion. Um, yeah, uh, put it just under the bar, and I cried, and I think my mum was just laughing at me um, in the front room. You over Tommy Williams not squaring it to Furlong yet? <sighs> not, none, uh, none of us. Doesn't are. sound like it. No. I think I, I think I think I'll choose to, to choose to block it out. Um, Were you but, at Wembley, two thousand and fourteen? It was two thousand fourteen, uh, wasn't you're it? Gonna, you're going to hate me. Um, okay, <laughs> we, we get a few of you guys on performers yeah. and so on. It's difficult to get. Okay, it was a good reason why I, uh, why I wasn't. Um, I was cycling to Glasgow for charity to raise money for our ambulance. So I was cycling from London to Glasgow, and I was doing it over uh, the bank holiday weekend. Yeah. Um, being when the playoff final fell, and I managed to clear Derby just before kickoff. Um, <laughs> so uh, so uh, I was just north of uh, of Derby, um, and and yeah, I was jumping around this uh, this sports bar that I found, and uh, and it was nice. They did a whip around um, for the charity because they could see that I was knackered. And I think on the the first day I cycled to Manchester, so I got there within like eighteen hours on day one, eighteen hours of cycling. And they did a whip around for me in the pub after um, after Zamora scored that that very memorable historic goal, uh, and I had all this change that I had to get on my bike. So they changed. Did it up you have to, to cycle after it? Straight yeah, away. I did straight after. Oh. Yeah, yeah. So I had to. I had. I think I had about another about another ninety miles or something. Ninety. Yeah, yeah. So Blimey. at what point could you finally have a pint to celebrate? Um, I had, uh, I was, yeah, it was, uh, well, I had dead legs, they were like lead, and I was uh, in, a, in a travel lodge in Manchester with my bike covered in it's mud. Glamorous, yeah. glamorous. It was glamorous, yeah. it was, you know, we, we lived a high life. Um, but that, that was at the point, I think, actually, just after I, I finished uh, filming Peaky Blinders, uh, which uh, for me was, if you like, the, the job that um, changed things a little bit for me. Um, so um, yeah, it was uh, it was a great day. For, it was a great day for me. Uh, you know, what? when Zamora scored that, and I, I made it to Manchester and was still alive. <laughs> well, I was going to ask you about Peaky Blinders, yeah, uh, because it, 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 you've done loads of stuff. I've done a few things. You, yeah, you've yeah. actually you weren't in loads of episodes. No, in no, Peaky half Blinders, a series, I think. Yeah. But it's it's sort of the role that you're. It's yeah. almost the, the the prefix to to your name these days. Yeah, massive show, massive hit. To yeah, be part of, right? yeah. Um, I think they really Must went have for it. Everything. Yeah, they they went they went um, they went for it in series one um, and series two. Obviously, they they um, you know the cast was amazing as it was, and then they managed to uh, get people like Tom Hardy involved and. 
And for me, that was my, my, it was my first kind of what you'd consider a, a principal role in a TV show. I had no idea who was going to be opposite me. And there was all the, uh, the scenes of uh, confrontation with, um, with Alfie Solomons. And I remember ringing my agent at the time. He's and, the fellow who killed you. Yeah, spoiler. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, spoiler alert. Yeah. Um, and I rang my agent. I said, "Who's do you know who's playing Alfie Solomon's? Uh, I've, I've, I've just reading the script. There's quite a few scenes with him, and uh, yeah, and he's, she was like, oh, it's been released. It's Tom Hardy.' And I was like, oh, "Okay, <laughs> that's uh, because yeah, he's that's a West cool. London boy, isn't he? He's yeah, born he, in Hammersmith. But yeah, I, don't I think, think he, he's he lives. A fan. He lives in Richmond. No, he's not. I don't think he is a football fan. No, um, I know Joe Cole." Uh, he plays John Shelby. He's a West Ham oh. fan. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, me too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah uh, or known on social media as the other Joe Cole. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, but he's a West Ham fan, and his brother Finn, who plays Michael Shelby, is a Manchester United fan. Um, so, yeah, I didn't really have a lot. But I, I do know the first AD um, on on series two was a fellow QPR fan. So um, cool. we had a lot to talk about. Yeah. So um, how, how with, with the the uh, actors who are playing the the main roles, if you like, yeah, are they? How, how do they? Do, do they sort of get involved with everybody else, or are they just off in the trailer? I mean, oh, I know no, you absolutely. Every, that's the, the great thing about a show like that is the reason why it does so well is because everybody just mucks in. Everybody's just up for everything, and you know they're long days, uh, long night shoots. Sometimes you're on location a lot of the time. Um, and uh, yeah, you just pull together and do it, and there's no hierarchy. No one's precious, and you know that's why they they are top of their game because they don't take themselves uh, seriously in that manner. They take the work very seriously, not themselves. So, so most, if not all, of your sorry for people who don't know. To, um the Peaky show. Grinders, yeah. yeah. Um, you, but, you're actually a fan, aren't yes, you? Yes, I am, yeah. <laughs> I, I, you know, I was just about to say Twin Peaks then. Uh, <laughs> that would have been a different show altogether. But most of your scenes, if not all, are filmed in the bakery in, in Camden Town. Yeah. So where is that? Is that a, Liverpool. Oh, really? <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, yeah, so... Um, so you were Billy Kitchen. I was that Billy was Kitchen. For, Billy for Kitchen, yeah, yeah. Um, head of the, uh, the Black Country gang um and uh yeah they film in liverpool like like most uh dramas set around that time because london is well it's a logistical nightmare for one but it's too yeah. overdeveloped and same as birmingham you know you can't film something set in birmingham in the 1920s with the backdrop of the ball ring <laughs> like yeah, as, ama- yeah. as amazing as it is um but so they do some stuff at the, the the black country museum um and they do some um of the uh other shots in manchester around we did some around bolton for the exterior of of eden nightclub and and things like that but um yeah liverpool mainly um down on the docks and they they transformed it to to look like camden town it did look like clever. camden town as well very very clever the art department are just incredible you know they're they are unsung heroes of of tv and film because they can transform anything you know it's, it's amazing they work tirelessly through the night uh, two more quick peaky blindness questions yeah. first of all um how did, how did you get the role? And secondly, at what point did you know you were going to be killed uh, three or four episodes? <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, this is uh, what a lot of people ask me, and it's quite funny. Um, so, uh, yeah, very much and still am a, a jobbing actor. Um, you know, I, I go for things that I'm passionate about. Um, but I was on the way to see my friends play, um, and I cycle all over London. I was on my... I was on my bike and I was, I was living in North London at the time and I was cycling down through um, uh, Archway, that really steep hill down, um, down into Archway and uh, my phone was buzzing in my back pocket and it's either, you know, at the time it was going to be my girlfriend or my agent and 
and uh, I pulled over and it was my agent and she said, you've got an audition tomorrow morning for, uh, for Peaky Blinders uh, and you've got to do a black country accent. I was like, brilliant, brilliant, okay, um, thank you, thank you, always, you know, always grateful for the audition and the opportunity, so I had to call my friend, said, really sorry, mate, I've got this audition come through, and I've got to learn this black country accent, and the script and stuff, it was fine, completely understand, so I went home, and I've got um, uh, a dialect coach who works for, well, she did work at the time for Birmingham School of Acting, and uh, I Skyped her, and she took me through the script and broke it down phonetically, uh, and I remember uh, a few months before I'd just finished filming Jamaica Inn for the BBC and the fight director on that said, oh, you'd be great in Peaky. So I'd heard of the show, but I hadn't watched it. So um, anyway, I was reading through and this character was really ballsy and great and uh, I really fell in love with the character. And I went in and I met Colin McCarthy, great director, and uh, Shaheen Baig, the casting director, um, and and her assistant and... And I remember the first reading, I think my, my accent was somewhere between Irish and, and Scouse. <laughs> and, uh, but, you know, I just, I, I kept focusing on it and we did a couple of takes. And then I think two weeks later, I got a recall. I, I thought I hadn't got the part, but then I got a recall to go in the next day. And uh, they changed a bit of the script and I went in and uh, there was no way I was uh, I was going to let anything kind of stop me. So I stayed up uh, tirelessly and... You know, nailed the accent and uh, and and went in and make sure made sure that I made a good account for myself. And then he said, <laughs> the column was saying, um, "Yeah, we're going, we need to make a uh, decision pretty quickly because we're we're on set next week." Um, can I just ask you not to shave just in case? So I was like, oh. <laughs> so I rang my agent and my agent was saying, "Okay, um, that's really unfair if they don't give you the part now and they've asked you not to shave." So I remember I was waiting by my phone for a couple of days. That's a good sign. Yeah, right? so that's good, a good it was, sign. It was a good sign, but, but you know you're not guaranteed anything till you sign you sign, sign the contract. And so I got a phone call saying they're going to offer you the part, and um, you know, and you're going to be filming, start filming next week. And I just remember just absolutely buzzing. Um, and then in terms of uh, the read through, all my mates were going down for a surfing holiday in Devon. Um, and the read through fell th- uh, fell on the first day of the holiday, so I went along to the read through, and uh, Paul Anderson, um, who plays Arthur Shelby, came up to me and he was like, "Oh, nice to meet you, playing Billy Kitchen." I was like, "Yeah, nice to meet you. Um, enjoy your performance in in the show." Because by this point, I'd obviously caught up and made sure I knew what was going on. And he said, "Oh, episode five, it's going to be amazing. Can't wait to film that." And I was like, "Oh, I've only got up to episode four. What happens?" Oh. And he just <laughs> his face just went blank. He went. Ah, just just read it. Just read it. <laughs> and, uh, so I was going through. Presumably, this is where things yeah, came a cropper. Yeah, for Billy I mean, Kitchen. like you know, they, they, they you can't you can't film a show like Peaky Blinders and not kill off a a, a kind of uh, a character that's quite ballsy. You need you need to shock the audience, and I think they built the character up to such a point that he was going to be a danger. So to do what they did. Was, was, was it had to be done? I think, and I don't think they were going to kill any of the Shelby brothers. So, so we, we will get back to QPR very shortly. Yeah. Um, so, this show for anybody that doesn't know is a hit. This is not a small time UK based show. This went massive it in America. It snowballed very quickly. David when, yeah. Beckham said he wanted to be in it. Yeah. I saw. I saw that Pink, the singer Pink, was yeah, asked yeah. to have a cameo in it, and yeah. all sorts. So, this was a hit. So, overnight. I'm, I'm actually, I'm, I'm asking you, 
this must have made a massive difference to you, kind of almost as soon as it went out, right? I th- in terms of, I think in terms of, because I'm from a musical theatre background, I started, um, my first ever job was Monty Python's Spamalot. So I toured the country doing uh, the Holy Grail, essentially, on stage. Um, and uh, I always kind of, in the background, was doing student films. And uh, yeah, I got, I, I got my opportunity, I got a little showreel together and then, it was just it was just throwing down a market to show that I was able to do TV. So I think more auditions came after that. wasn't guaranteed anything. Um, I did, you know, get another couple of jobs after that. Continued to audition, but I'm, I'm very fortunate that I got the opportunity to do that. And um, and yeah, and even even if it did last for you know half a series. The, the the people I you know I was working with was amazing. So and you got recognised in New York, is that right? Yeah, New York. Yeah, uh, I went for a trip in 2015 just for a few days. Uh, I wanted to. I've never been to New York, but um, Netflix, uh, American Netflix, get uh, gets peaky before British uh, Netflix to do with the licensing. Um, and uh, yeah, it's massive over there. Like most most um, kind of period dramas, uh, because you know they're, they're obsessed with kind of British culture. And mm. um, you think about Dal- Downton Abbey, and you know it's a similar time to that. And so Peaky Blinders was was big, and because of the actors they have they had in it, yeah, it was uh, yeah. I got stopped for a couple of photographs, and they bought me a couple of uh, of drinks, which was nice. <laughs> and. Uh what are you up to these days? Um, I'm going back up to Manchester uh, beginning of next month to finish a short film that I started doing in February. Um, yeah, it's Sounds like a long film. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I started in February, but we had to we had to um, postpone shoot, uh, postpone uh, shooting because uh, basically the floodlights broke uh, halfway through a night shoot. So uh, and then by the time everyone everyone was available again all the trees had uh, got their leaves back and they needed to be bare. So for continuity reasons, we have to go back in the winter. Yeah. So yeah, so it's not, yeah, it wasn't as simple as just like picking it up. Then next day we had to make sure everyone, all the, you know, the the camera operators and, you know, the ADs and everyone were still available. So, Uh so yeah, we're available now. So we're doing it at the beginning of November. Let's talk about QPR. Yep. Uh, You played in the Grenfell game. Yes. Which must have been an experience It and was a half. overwhelming for so many reasons. Yeah, so many reasons. T- tell us about it. Um, okay, yeah, so uh, Ian Taylor uh, contacted me um, saying that he's organising, or he's, he's 90% certain that it's going ahead um, for a, a charity game for the Grenfell survivors. I didn't even have to think. I said, absolutely, I'm in. Like, you know, don't have to ask twice. I'm, I'm definitely up for that. Um, and I thought in my head it was going to be down at Westway or something <laughs> like, uh, you know, just a kick, <laughs> kick around down at yeah, Westway yeah. on the eight aside or something. Um, as you know, <laughs> well, well, yeah, but yeah. I just, I just didn't know the scale of it. You know, I didn't know why they were asking me to, to play really. Um, and, then, <laughs> and he was like, Oh no, it's, it's going to be at Loftus Road. I was like, Oh, that's cool. Um, and then I saw the, the press release and it was like Team Shearer versus Team Ferdinand. I was like, oh, okay, <laughs> right. Um, so, uh, and then I realised, um, you know, w- what a big deal it was and uh, I just felt so fortunate to be there and it was an incredible day. Uh, very humbling um, to to hear so many stories um, and accounts of what happened that day and uh, just play a tiny part in, in that and then obviously coupled with playing in a QPR shirt for, for my club, which, you know, is once-in-a-lifetime experience for somebody that's not a footballer. <laughs> Do you know who bought your shirt? 
Um, yes, I do actually. <laughs> I'll tell you why. Because uh, my friend came to watch the game. Uh, I'm giving him a shout. His name's James. Um, he came to watch the game. And he he thought that he'd just be able to go on and, and buy the shirt, as I thought anybody would, because I didn't think people would be bidding on it. But it got it got thirty two bids in the end. It got to like sixty pounds, and then my mate was like, oh, "I can't, I can't let his shirt go." So my mate started bidding on it, and he he was going to give it to me for Christmas. Um, and then I met him the other day for for dinner, and uh, he was like, "I've got something to tell you." I was like, "What?" He goes, "I've just won your shirt in the eBay auction." <laughs> so oh, I was like, wicked. "I was like, oh mate, amazing." He was like, "I was going to give it to you for Christmas, but uh, I don't think I can keep it a secret because he knew what a big day it was for me." And I was like. Okay, but he said he's going to get it framed for me and stuff. And I was like, it's such a nice thing. And it was for a good cause as well. And, uh, Absolutely. And yeah. I was like, uh, yeah, it was just amazing that he, he wanted to pay 90 quid for a sweaty shirt. <laughs> and and, and I, I can't remember, you on Team Shearer? I was on Team Shearer, yeah. Um, which was, uh, it was great. It was obviously amazing. Like, you know, Team Shearer, and I got to play with Trev Sinclair, one of my, my boyhood Ooh, heroes, yes. you know, for, for QPR. And um, that was amazing. Um it was just like if if, if if so. Your goalie was Jose Mourinho for a bit of it. Yeah, yeah, wow. yeah, yeah. He he's such a nice guy. He, I'll tell you what, he plays that character so well, and I mean that in in that sense. Like he is genuinely a lovely, lovely you think man. It's an act. I think so. Like because he was so 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 nice. Like he was so nice, and the Premier League football needs characters like he portrays. He's not. He's not a. Uh, you know, a grumpy man. He's he's not. He, he's a passionate man. He, he loves the game, but he is very dry humoured, and the game kind of needs that. If if he was if he if he was how a lot of people perceive him, you wouldn't get uh, you know all the pundits on match of the day laughing after every interview. Yeah, because because they know they know him and they yeah. know that he's a he's a hilarious, hilarious character, and he. he he does play that character very, very well. No, I'm 100% with you. He, he, lo- he loves the role of the pantomime villain. And, and like you say, he, I mean, my biggest uh, bugbear was that he was Chelsea manager because I did actually like the bloke and it was quite difficult to like the bloke who's the Chelsea manager. Y- yeah. You know what? I don't recall, you can correct me, I don't recall so many other West representatives of West London and West London football being there that day. I know he's, I know he's United now, but he is of course linked with Chelsea Yeah, and uh, you know, I w- he has a connection to West London and the area and presumably that's a big part of the reason why he wanted to be there. And I don't really remember anyone sort of Chelsea or, well, it depends or if they were asked. I mean, I don't know if he was asked or whether he volunteered, but what I, what I did hear from somebody was that he didn't just rock up in a helicopter at, at no. five to three. No. He was there the whole day, helping no, out behind day. stage, chatting, chatting around. Yeah, he was. In, he was in the room. He, he walked around uh, and introduced him, introduced himself to every single person um, in Amazing. both in both dressing rooms. Um, he shook everyone's hand, and he really. There is something about him. You know, he really is the spe- the special one. As soon as he walks in the room, you know he's there. Yeah. Um, and there is something about him. I don't know what it is. Um, you know, uh, Shearer had the same the same thing. I think that's just because, like, when I was a kid, obviously he was the most expensive player, um, and and just incredible. Uh, um, but then then Mourinho walked in. It was like, whoa! Yeah, you know, fifty that hefty fifteen million. That hefty price fifteen tag. million. <laughs> 15 well, million. I remember when he was the most expensive player at three point two million. Yeah, Going from Southampton yeah, to Blackburn. Yeah, absolutely, and, and he won. He won with uh, that was amazing because because Sutton uh, was also playing 
Chris uh, Sutton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And obviously they won the Premier League together. Um, so That's like, right. Yeah, SOS. I was like making all these SAS. links. SAS. In my... <laughs> SAS. SAS. Yeah, yeah. I was making all Probably these links. Probably in about my... four weeks. Yeah. Um, yeah. And how often do you get down to QPR? Um, I say, um, obviously because of what I do, I can't commit to a season ticket, but I'll go to about six you know, six to eight home games a season and then a couple of away games. What's, what game have you been to recently? You've been uh, down there yet Last game, I went to the Fulham, QPR Fulham, uh, and yeah, we, two, 2 1. Um, but we, we could have snatched a draw quite easily. Mm. Could have snatched a win, <laughs> like the amount of chances we had. Yeah. Um, I was going to say that yeah, Free, Freeman, he's, he, I just read this stat online, he's had the most assists in, a champ, in the championship this season. Is that right? Uh, we'll give it to you without win. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Uh, Do we I, know? I don't no, know off I, the top of my head. We're supposed head. to know these things. Yes, I'll yeah. say with conviction. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, he definitely I'm has. Probably, I'm pretty sure I read it on the, uh, well, it must be true because it's on the QPR Twitter page. But um, he's, yeah, he's got the most uh, assists uh, in the Sky Bet Championship this season. Wow. Favourite current player and favourite all-time player? Favourite current player... Um, I'd have to say Freeman. I, I think I think uh, his commitment uh, to the club is amazing, and it just goes to show you don't have to splash out loads of money. You just have to give somebody their opportunity at a higher level, and that's what we need to do moving forward. Um, because I don't think anybody at QPR should be on the kind of wages that were being paid in the Premier League, um, and that's 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 just that's just because it doesn't it, money can't buy you loyalty. You need to give people their opportunity, and they will they'll thank you for it in abundance. And uh, all time player, um, oh, that's a tough one. I mean Sinclair, because I met him, uh, you know, and all, all I ever talked about when I was a kid was the goal, uh, the FA Cup goal, the bicycle kick. Mm. Um, and I met him, and he was just genuinely uh, the most kind of nice professional guy that uh, that, that I've met. So. Um, he didn't. He didn't disappoint at all. Um, a, a close second would be current uh, number two, Mark Bircham, just because that that man would bleed blue and white if you cut him open. Yeah. Can't knock that. Good answers. Can't yeah. knock that. You you look like you're about to say something. Chris. No, I'm um, no, not particularly. No, you carry on. No, carry I'm, on, I'm, carry I'm, on. Um, I suppose we're at the R's end. I suppose we are. We're we're at kind of forty minutes, and, we're, and we. We've gone through loads, and then we've got to sort of give our predictions for um, for the Bolton game. So, ah, I'll tell you what we haven't talked about. We haven't talked about the report in The Sun about uh, Ollie, uh, Ian Holloway, the manager, reportedly um, his position being considered. I know we touched on it when we yeah. spoke to Paul earlier. Yeah. Furiously denied by the club. Mm. As these things happen, mm. um, do you? We're told no truth in it. Chris, you're a journalist. Well, yeah. I mean, I'm more of a sort of yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, I'm a journalist at heart. Let's, let's let's put it that way. Yeah, that's my that's what my trained profession. Isn't that what pays your wages <laughs> and mortgage and all the rest? I, of I'm it? I'm not going to go into my role slightly different now, but it's very boring. No one wants to hear that. Um, <laughs> I don't know. The only thing that would that have some sort of credence to it is the fact that Kenny Jacket's name is mentioned. I mean, that's not <laughs> just plucked from the sky. I mean, that Kenny Jacket's. A few few QPR fans in the past have said they wouldn't mind Kenny Jack. He's currently at Portsmouth, I believe. Um, With Joe Gallon. 
I believe. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, Tony Fernandez, as I said earlier, he's denied it, but what, you know, of course he's going to deny it. And I, I do, I do think he genuinely likes Holly. And as I said last week or the week before when we were on, um, I do think that appointment was more Tony Fernandez than Les Ferdinand. Um, I don't know that. I'm just, I'm just guessing. Um, I think there's no truth in it at the moment, but I don't want there to be truth these, in it. We've got I, all these fixtures coming up. I, I don't, I don't want Holloway to to not be given, you know, the rest of the season and maybe beyond. You know, we've got stability. He's got, he's made some sensible signings, like really sensible signings. Okay, we're not putting the goals away, but I don't think the players are going to grow in confidence by the fans always going on about, yeah, you know. You know uh, Washington not delivering and yeah, if you give them a run of games they will be confident and they will repay you I, th- I, th- I think they need they need to be given that opportunity definitely have Sunbet got a, a market running on this that'd oh be I in, don't know that'd be interesting and, and if Kenny Jacket was the favourite well one thing I did notice but. was um, the journalist who wrote the piece it doesn't do a QPR beat he never really writes about QPR really so it's not necessarily somebody that's massively informed on QPR, it's somebody that thinks they've got a tip from somewhere. So I highly doubt it's accuracy. Would you would you want Holloway to go? Uh, no, 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 me neither. No, because we've we've said this for years. The problem isn't really the manager. There, the problems that have been are not are not due to a manager. No. The they're due to the infrastructure, the way that the club has been run. Everything is pointing in the right direction. It still needs time. I would like uh, I him w- to. To uh, get Les out of his suit now and again, and come and oh, maybe he does, and come and get his uh, tracksuit on and work with his strikers. I'd like him to not change the lineup so often. Yeah, I mean he wasn't I think at the start he of the season. Does that. Last season he was very guilty of that, and the start of this season it was actually going really well. But yeah, recently I don't think he knows his best eleven. No, and, and unfortunately when he's shorn of, of some of his best players, I Grant Hall, which is really who he built his system mm. around, mm. then he, he yeah he, he starts to put uh, square pegs in round. You holes. can't build your system around one player at this level. No. Uh, okay, if you're Real well, we Madrid, we tried to do it with Cherry, didn't we? As well. Well, exactly. We 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 had. If you're Real Madrid or Barcelona, fine. You build it around your superstar player. But we're QPR, and we have good, hard-working players. But we saw that last season. Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank came on here, talked about building it around Charon Cherry. Neither of them are at the club anymore. Um, ours end. Let's get on with uh, the ours end, which is the bit at the end of the podcast. Anything and everything that we haven't added yet. Let me start. So okay. We have time to think about it. This is a, a, an appeal on behalf of our youngest regular listener. Do you know who I'm talking about? George. George. George Sharp. I think he's nine. nine he does indeed. listen to us every Hello, week. George. Hello, George. And no swearing this week either. No Despite swearing. Despite having this a week. member of the Peaky Blindness nah. cast who's said more <laughs> swear words in three scenes than yeah. Finney does in a normal podcast. So George. George is a good, good lad. He listens to us. He's always keen. Always, always kind of sends us messages. And he is running the Junior Great South Run this Saturday, uh, the twenty first of October. He's running for the QPR Trust. Um, which is a, a worthy cause, of course, and we know all the hard work that they do. If anybody would like to sponsor George, uh, the link is virginmoneygiving.com slash George Sharp. That's all I have to say. Yeah. Good luck, George. Yeah. Chris. Okay. Um, well, a couple of things about um, two living QPR legends, two, two, two legends of recent history. First, Adel Tarabd who scored his first goal for yes. two and a half years at the weekend for Genoa. No, um, I don't. 
Really? Genoa, yeah. Yeah. I don't know if you've seen the guy, but it's a really. Who was it for? Genoa. No. Very good. Am I going to get past this? He was playing against Cagliari. Will that help? I'm sure you'll think of something. Cagliari. No. Controlled diet. Yes. Okay. Um, but I've just got to say, he's, he's finally seems to have knuckled down. He, he did an interview a, a, a while ago saying that, you know, he's put all the past behind him. He's, he's you know, he's concentrating on his football now. Um, uh, and I think he's had the most dribbles in Syria uh, uh, this season. Um, and, yeah, he, he set, set up the first goal, scored a really good second goal. And that's such a shame he's not a QPR still, really. But... When you're clever about football and you watch quite a lot of football and you work for BT, you mm. screen all that, is, is Serie, a, Serie A feels the right sort of league for him? I think so, because when he had the cameo at AC Milan, I think he, he scored seven goals in 12 or 13 games or something. Um, and at the time, they were in a lot of dire straits they couldn't afford to take him on for whatever reason. Um, but it does, yeah, it does feel like the right right sort of fit. I mean, I know, you know, in, in, invariably on the message boards you get people come and say, maybe you'll come back to QPR, but I, I, I don't think that's an option. That brings me to the second point, which was Charlie Austin. Mm. Um, I love that man. Yeah, um, and again, this is... Loan in January? Yeah, this is... This is yeah, Possibly. We're, we're eight to one favourites to sign him on loan with Sky Bet. But again, realistically, I mean, he's, he must be on... Worth fifty p, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> he must be on eighty grand, hundred grand a week. Do you think? He'll Maybe be on it's a lot Southampton. Of money, won't he? So, you, 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 a, how are we going to afford that? B, there'll be a loan fee, uh, and I mean, it's very romantic to think he'll be coming on, and everyone's saying we're creating the chances he'd, he'd put them away. Of course he would, but realistically, I can't see any chance of that Surely happening. I'd, I'd rather have someone like Charlie Austin on loan for a bit, a bit more money than a Delta wrapped back on, on on maybe less money because. Let's not forget, as, as amazing, and you know, I'm so thankful for that season, the, the few seasons that Delta Rapp played for us. Like He really did do wonders, but he also did post a photo of him holding the Fulham shirt saying how much he loved it. And that, uh, when he transferred to Fulham. Did he? Yeah, I, yeah. I missed that. Yeah, I, think, I, think, I, thought, I, thought I thought he did. I think it was on Twitter. He was like, I love, I love the shirt. And I was like, that's Fulham. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. that's Fulham. Um, so... So he's not you, you. You prefer Charlie? I feel, I feel like with Charlie, it's a little bit of. I always get this word wrong. Unrequited love. Yeah. I feel like he is an absolute legend in our eyes, a god, and I feel like we're. He he did well here. I don't feel like he has a massive emotional pull back to QPR. I could be wrong. Probably more likely if he's likely to return anywhere, it's probably to Burnley. Yeah, I mean, I don't think he's going to drop down to the championship for one I'd love him though well, of course you would yeah. I mean I'd like him and Adel to Rams and you know all the other decent players we've had over the years but realistically no one romanticises like a, a, about a QPR player like QPR fans no, do true. about Adel to Rams oh, yeah yeah absolutely no I mean, that the, was the, six seven years ago now the flow that he put into the team was unbelievable yeah. it really was it was just like I say the I, I would I would take him back in the squad but I just can't get the image of him in a Fulham top out of my head. And that's that's just me as a QPR fan. That's not like saying I, I really dislike the man. I'm just like, he, he did play for Fulham. But the entertainment he gave us, particularly that season, 19 assists, and however many goals, was mm. just incredible. And, and I, I do feel blessed to have actually been there. And a couple oh, of bangers right. in the Premier oh. League as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. didn't they? And the goal against Fulham, the goal against Swansea, the assist uh, for Routledge. I mean, you could just go on and on, can you? Mm. Okay, uh, Paul... Yes. You you get the final Lars end 
Thank which, you. Which is, is anything, any point about QPR that you've not brought up so far? Or any point about anything? Um, we are two places higher than we were before the Sunderland game. <laughs> so that's a positive thing. That's a that's a positive thing. I think uh, moving forward, uh, yeah, bringing through uh, a couple of the younger players would be would be great. I do think maybe uh, a, a loan a loan striker deal, um, as in getting a loan deal for a striker, maybe um, in the January window might be an option. Of course, we can dream. Charlie Austin would. I think be amazing just for the fans uh, mm. alone. I think that would bring back a lot of positive, well, the positive feeling around the club anyway. But you know, it would be amazing for the fans. Um, yeah, I do. I, I'm, I'm quietly confident we're going in the in the right direction. Prediction for Bolton? Um, I I don't think we'll keep a clean sheet, but I'd like to snatch two one. I'll go for us to win. And I actually am not saying that because I will never predict us to lose. I think we will win. <laughs> 2-1. I'm going to go 2-1 as well. Chris? I'm going to go a cautious one all. Okay. Uh, this has been Open All Hours. We're, we, we're recording on Tuesdays now, in case you haven't noticed, because you didn't get this podcast on a Tuesday. You got it on a <laughs> Wednesday. We've moved to Tuesdays, apart from when we have a game on a Tuesday, and those weeks we will do uh, a Monday night. Uh, thank you very much for listening to us. We will be back next week. Paul, thank you very much thank for coming on. Thanks for having on. me on. Please do come on. on again. I will do. We'll do. Chris, thank, thank you very thank much you, for coming on. Um, this has been Open All Hours. UP.